want to clap all You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Appreciate our worship team. You may be seated. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. Let me begin by telling you a story. A number of years ago, there was a great drought in the land. Especially in the Midwest and Eastern Seaboard, there was a great drought. And everybody was asking for rain. How about now? All right. Everybody was asking for rain. Inside of one of those gated communities, a man standing outside his house having to utilize his sprinklers at only particular times under water rationing, his grass, which was expansive, was drying up. So that's disappointing if you've spent a lot of money on sod, fertilizer, And all the yard maintenance that they put into that grass. And, and it's, it's dying because there's not enough rain. In that same town, there was a farmer. And the farmer didn't have enough rain for his crops. Two people didn't have rain and two people wanted, of course, more than two. But they're a pitcher. Some people want the rain of the power of the Holy Spirit to show up, want God to show up, the rain of the Spirit, so that they can have fun. So that it could be something that's like, man, that was a great service. Did you see sister get touched by God? Somebody got healed. Wasn't that a great time? Hey, hey, ho, ho. Isn't that great? But we have failed to understand that if we don't have rain, if we don't have the reign of the Holy Spirit, if the power of God doesn't come on this next generation, then we're not only going to not have a crop. You see, the farmer, if he didn't have rain, he was going to die. In other words, his whole way of making a living was by farming, was by harvesting crops. And though you might have planted seed and had good soil and done all the, all the fertilizing, without rain, there will be no harvest. I'm telling you, I've left the youth in here to hear this message. If you don't have an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit, and this just ends up being some kind of a, a teaching thing, later on there is a power that's going to be greater than just some teaching you've experienced. And if we don't have rain, I'm telling you that we're going to miss out on this great crop that God has for us. And it is about the next generation. Look, I'm on fire. I'm not worried about me losing my fire. I'm not worried about that. I, I know who Jesus is. I'm walking with Him. There's going to be a greater revelation. I know that too. I know that the fire that I'm currently experiencing and the intimacy that I currently have with the Lord is but a drop of what He's going to bring me in the days to come. And certainly when we come upon eternity, sure, it'll very be, it will be fully known even as we've We'll fully know even as we're fully known in that day. And that'll be great. So I'm not saying I've attained it all, but forgetting that which lies behind. I'm 
pressing on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm just telling you that we need to pray for rain, baby. We need rain to come upon the body of Christ. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost to come because if these guys don't experience that, then we're going to really have a drought. I'm so blessed with our church that we have older people and younger people, kids, black, white, yellow, every nationality just about represented in Alaska is here and welcomed and honored. I'm so thankful for that. God help us if we were just a white church. That would be so disappointing to me. We go to the mainland and just go to a white church. It's the weirdest experience I've ever had in my life. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Homogeneous groups. One brother said homogeneous groups. Yes, they said that's the way that that God really touches more people that way. In other words, if you have all young married couples working together and learning about God, they they grow quicker in the Lord. If you have all men together, you know, thirty something, they grow better together. And some have said, well, if you just have a white church, then it, it, it works better. If you just have a black church, it works better. You just have a, a, a Native American church or a First Nations people church, then it works better. i got news for you. If that's the way you think it is, you will be so disappointed when you get to heaven because that is not the way it is. And I have found that red and yellow, black and white, he is precious in his sight. And, and, and we grow better together. One brother said, man, I'm not a homo and I'm not a genius. I don't know anything, any of that. Ezekiel 37. I want to preach a message to you tonight that I've never preached before. God began to put it together. If I was to entitle it, I think I might call, Say It. Come on, somebody say, Say It. One, two, three, Say It. Try it again. One, two, three. Say it. I love that story about a man who traveled to South America and he was a missionary. He was 20 something years old. His grandfather and his uncle had a lot to do with sending him. And he went down there and he, he preached the gospel. He was a part of a, a missions movement down there in South America. God was mightily using him and he was going to be down there for a number of years. He wanted to return a, the favor and send a blessing back home to his family in Florida. So he went and he bought a very expensive parrot. And it was a trained parrot. And it could say, I mean, it spoke English, it spoke Spanish, it, it could say all kinds of things. He gets this parrot, he wraps it up just right, puts it in a cage, spends lots of money, I mean thousands of dollars for the parrot. Sends it in a cage, you know, special shipping, pet shipping. It finally gets to the house and he wanted it to be there for Christmas. So he calls on Christmas Day and said, Uncle, did you get the parrot that I sent? The what? Did you get the bird I sent? Oh, yeah, it's on the table right now. It's terrific. I said, what? That was an expensive bird. I mean, it, it spoke English. It spoke Spanish. He said, well, it should have said something. <laughs> Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 and verse 1. Are you ready? The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of dry bones. And he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. 
He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O oh, sovereign Lord, you only, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and make you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Many have used this text of Scripture. In fact, when we first got here, I think it was the first prophetic conference just prior to us moving up here. We knew we were coming, but we hadn't arrived just yet. Pastor Josh Morocco preached out of this text of Scripture. Many have spoken about the valley being the valley here, the Matsu Valley, being filled with dry bones. Now, we can make that, we can make that assignment by faith, but really what it's talking about is Israel. It's really talking about Israel being full of dry bones and can God make cause Israel to live again? He's done that. It was never, a, it wasn't a nation and became a nation again in 1947. I got that right? 48. A miracle. My grandfather was there when they, when they basically declared that to be a nation. He went to Jerusalem. He stood there weeping and crying because they knew prophecy. See, we just take it for granted. But I want to relate it tonight to our youth and to the church. The church is filled with dead men's bones. The church is filled with a bunch of religion and tradition, and it's not set anybody free. And we've said that this is the power of God, and then people in their own mind say, well, if this is the power of God, then I must have the short end of the stick. Where is my Budweiser? If this is the power of God, I might as well go back to Hamburger Sally's and get all hammered on the bar stool. Because if this is it, this is not going to help me. My troubles are deeper than that. And if you'd look at every great revivalist in history, every single one comes to a point in their life when they say, you know something, I need more. There's got to be more. I want more. I don't, and I, frankly tonight, I don't care whether you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not. You better believe in something. You better get a hold of His garment if you're going to make it in this next season. So I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure theologically about that. Look, let me just ask you this question. Do you have power? Do devils run? And are you free tonight? Answer that question. Forget about theology. I love what the one pastor's wife said when somebody asked her a question on theology. She says, I don't, I don't do theology. Talk to somebody else. I'm not interested in, in, in pitching up our soapboxes and discussing how many angels on the head of a pen. The question is, are they ministering to you? The question is, do you have freedom? Do you have power? Now, in this text of Scripture, there's a number of things that I want to look at. I want to talk about the process and the power of making dry bones live. The process and the power of making dry bones live. I will tell you that the whole, this whole generation, I'm not necessarily talking about you, but if the shoe fits, wear it. If you're not on fire, don't be pointing at somebody else. I will tell you something. I'm believing for a better discipleship program. I'm believing that God's going to give us better structure. I'm believing that God's going to give us everything we need to have a great youth group. But don't you make that ex not an excuse for not being on fire. 
I will tell you, God will touch you in direct proportion to the hunger that you have. And we have a, a, a spiritual anorexia in the church today. And I'm not necessarily talking about you all. I'm just saying in general, people aren't hungry. I'm going to tell you, one of the things I'm called to, I'm called to yank the pacifier right out of your mouth. I'm called to yank your binky. Because you can't sit under this sort of anointing and not get a little irritated that you might not have fire. You you, you might want to get up at certain points of this message, but just stay stay put. I'm going to take your binky tonight. You might cry. Some of you are buck-toothed you've been sucking on a binky so long. You so buck-toothed you could eat you could eat corn on the cob through a picket fence. Some of you need ah, ah. Some of you need to put your binky up. Some of you need to put your bottle away and get milk from the words yourself. I, I'm gonna tell you one of the things that irritates me so badly. Just pretend I'm the guest tonight. My books are for sale in the back. Amen. One of the things that really irritates me as a pastor is when I hear from people, I don't so much hear it at our church, but I hear the complaint coming from others in different parts of our country. I'm not talking about a churches in our valley. I would never do that. I wouldn't. God knows what's going on there. I don't know. I'm responsible for this flock. I'm going to do everything that we can do. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to stay on fire. I'm going to drag as many people to heaven as I possibly can. Far be it for me to point the finger at somebody and how they're running their service, whether they're seeker-friendly or whether they're really radical or wherever they are. I don't even know where we're at. I'm just hoping that we're at least at the Nazarite level. We're going to see God heal people. Come on, Jaden got healed of cancer. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. I can't stand hearing from people, so make sure you don't say it to me because I'll probably rebuke you, alright? Just forewarned is forearmed. Ah, I don't like going to that church. They don't serve any meat. That's because you're probably not involved. You're probably not tithing. You're probably not giving. You're probably not praying. And furthermore, if your church ain't serving, and we're talking internet land, alright? Your church ain't serving up meat. Why don't you pray and fast and get some meat at home? Come and be a part of a... Come on, hold up the hands of that church. If you're called there, shut up. And serve God. Or move. Come on, somebody say, say it. Come on, say it again, say, say it. The process and the power of dry bones. There's many, many bones. Numerous bones. They're all disconnected and they're dead. It's a graveyard. God speaks here in verse 4 and tells Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. And he goes on and he tells them what to prophesy. Now, it's interesting to me, first of all, that nothing happens right then. Now, I mean, you would think that when God said, let there be light, there's light, right? But nothing happens here. Nothing happens until Ezekiel opens up his mouth and says it. If you look at a word study, if you look at the word double-edged sword, 
You'll find it in Hebrews. You'll find it in Revelation. A two-edged sword comes out of his mouth in Revelation. You'll say that in Hebrews it says that the Word of God is sharp, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen to this. Watch this now. The two-edged sword in the Greek is dystomai. How many of you know what dice are? Dice. Dice. Great. Three people know what dice are. Okay. Dice. Die. What's die mean? Two. Diastomai. Diastomai, die, two. Stomai means mouth. Now watch this. The picture of the Word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword comes when the Word of God is released to somebody that's one edge. It comes from the mouth of God to a person. Look, this is the economy of God. If you don't ever figure this out, then you'll never have victory. It comes out of the mouth of God to a person, then that person, if they can say it, if they can speak it, if they'll release what God said, it then becomes a two-edged sword that will take off the head of every obstacle, will release miracles, will literally cause the Word of God to be sharper than any two-edged sword. But it takes two mouths. You'll notice here that God tells him exactly what to say, but nothing happens until he says it. Some of you all need to take out the sword and begin to hew a gag. Say, who, who, what? Hew is a King James vernacular of cutting to pieces something. A gag was the king that was taken by Saul. And, and Saul was supposed to cut him to pieces, but because of the pressure of the people, because of the peer pressure, because of the fear of man and not wanting to be a weirdo or not wanting to be ostracized, on and on and on. He, he, he had this picture of how it should be, but he didn't obey the Word of the Lord. And because he didn't obey, I mean, the prophet shows up and just whittles the dude. Hew. Some of you need to hew a gag. What's that have to do with it? I'm telling you, if you will get the Word of God over your life, begin to speak healing, begin to speak deliverance, begin to speak over your... You just tolerate so much, so much of the voice of the enemy and then you become a, a devil prophet. You become a prophetic devil. I'm trying. What do you mean? You're a loser. You're never going to do anything that is good. And you're ugly. And you go, I'm a loser. I'm never going to do anything that's good. And I'm ugly. And I'm fat. Oh. 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 This is a day, this is a day that the Lord has made. Oh, clap your hands and lift them high. Oh, this is a day. 
going to tell you something. You need to learn to say it. Turn to John. Not, 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 not John. Turn to the book of John. St. John. Turn there. St. John. John. Book of John. You didn't bring a Bible? Have you memorized your Bible already? Wow. Would you pray for me after service? Because I really want that gift. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Bring your Bible to church. How can we don't have Bible? How can we don't put the Scriptures up on the front of the screen, Pastor? I want to see the Scriptures big on the screen. Because I figure if I don't put them on the screen, if I put them on the screen, then you're never going to bring your Bible. And I figure if I can get you to have a Bible and begin to open it, maybe you'll open it at home and you'll learn the books of the Bible. Amen. Okay. While you're turning there, let me give you some of these scriptures. You see, what has to happen is you have to sink. Everybody say sink. Look, we got this little motorcycle. It was given to us. It was blessed. It, we were blessed with it. it. It's just one of these little pocket bikes, 47cc little pocket bike. It needed some work. We had to order a, a, a carburetor and put it on and all of that. And uh, we're teaching Danny. By the way, you need to teach your kids just like this. We, we, we was given to us. We put $30 into it. I put it, we got it fixed. He rode it around for about five days and it had some issues. It had some sinking issues, which is why I brought it up. It, it, we had to sort of, the wheel had to be the right tightness. If the chain is loose, it just caused the cogs to jam a little bit. Now remember that. And let me teach you this. Danny rode around on it a while and we decided that he needs one with a little bit more power. So, we took our motorcycle little pocket bike and we put it up on uh, Craigslist for $150. I got 30 bucks into it. I put it on for 150 I got a phone call in 10 minutes and sold it for $120. And Danny Boy gets all the profit to then roll. Listen, you need to teach your kids like that. You need to teach your kids how to make their money work. Now, let me get back to my message. You need to sync up. Everybody say amen to that. Come on, don't teach your kids to be on the welfare program. There's a bigger God than welfare. Hello? You need to sync up your voice with what the voice of God is saying and begin to speak it. Listen to some of these Scriptures and let it rattle you. Numbers 14, verse 26. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of the grumbling Israelites, so tell them, As surely as the Lord lives, declared, declares the Lord, I will do the very things I heard you say. I will do, the Lord says, I will do the very things I heard you say. In the desert, your bodies will fall, every one of you 20 years old or more. Job 22, verse 28. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm telling you right now, nothing happened when he got the word from the Lord, Ezekiel, nothing happened. When he spoke what God said, then the miracle began. What are you saying? I'm telling you that you have to get the word of the Lord over your life. 
What is he saying? Stop agreeing. Stop syncing up with what the devil's whispering to you about how ugly you are. How you don't have any education. How, how you weren't fed properly by your mama when you were a baby. How you were dropped on your head. How all the different things that might have happened to you, which are horrible. They happened to me too. And I don't want to minimize those. There does come a time when you need to be healed. If you haven't been healed of that stuff, you've got to get healed of it. You've got to receive the love of the Father. You've got to receive Him. And you have to receive Jesus. You have to let God, the Father, love you and heal you. You have to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another you may be healed. Some of you have sensations. It's a word of knowledge. Some of you have sensations in your physical body when certain things happen. Now, if you will begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show you where that originated from, you will find a memory the Lord will bring to you, to your remembrance, a painful situation that you went through that then manifested itself in your body. Listen, I, I played lacrosse. Uh, you know what lacrosse is? It's, an in, it's, an, it's a North American Indian game, Native American game. And uh, I, I played since I was four. My dad thrust a, hand, a stick in my hand and said, you're going to play this game. I said, okay. And so we just learned to play, and I played all through all of my schooling, all the way then into college. Now, I have not had a lacrosse stick in my hand for 20, 20 years, at least. I haven't had one. My father says, you need to teach your kids to play lacrosse. He's trying to pass down the blessing. I said, you're right. I've had so much joy with it. He, sang, I said, he said, I'm going to send lacrosse sticks. I said, great, make sure you send me one so that I can teach. He sends me one. When I got that lacrosse stick, I, first of all, I tried to play with a tennis ball. You can't play lacrosse with a tennis ball. It just doesn't quite work. I mean, you know, you can, it's, it's almost like, it's like, it's like just licking part or eating part of the ice cream cone and not eating the cone after the ice cream gets in there. It's just, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I, I went and I got a ball. We got, they were on sale because nobody, nobody plays lacrosse in Alaska. So, so there were a big sale on lacrosse stuff over at Sports Authority. So I bought, a, I bought a set of balls and was able to mess around a little bit, but I didn't really get to get my, get my lacrosse on. I drove to Anchorage and I had a, uh, I had a meeting. By the way, the church in Anchorage is doing very well. Continue to pray for our building. Amen? Drove to Anchorage, pulled the lacrosse stick out. I got to the meeting ten minutes early. There I was at the Red Robin. I thought, I'm early. I'm early. I brought my lacrosse stick and the ball. And I'm going to tell you what I was looking for. I mean, looking for a brick wall like I wanted a brick wall so bad. Because you can use a brick wall to throw this ball off, and it's rubber, and it works great. It's like playing with somebody who's professional, who's whipping it right back at you as hard as you're throwing it. I got that stick, and I snuck around the back of the restaurant. They didn't have a brick wall, but they had a wood wall, and I figured I'll just throw it seven or eight times before somebody comes out, and that'll be good enough. I rifled off my first shot and caught it. It was all, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I, I caught it, and I threw it behind my head. Boom, and I caught it again. I was all, ooh, and I threw it again, and I caught it, and I threw it again, and I caught it. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I worked myself into revival. I was like, then my ten minutes went like that. I hurried back to my truck. I put the stick away, and I was shaking. I was shaking when I went to my business meeting. And the, guy, I, the, the guy's looking at me. I'm full up brimming, overflowing with the Holy Ghost. And he looks at me, and he laughs. The guy laughs at me. He says, you having a good day, huh? I said, oh, yeah, it's great, awesome. 
He says, what's going on? I said, well, I told him the whole story, just like I told you. Do you know that that memory, it's because I was good at it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I had a little skill there. The same is true with negative things and where they operate. And the way that you will overcome that stuff is by speaking God's truth over your life. And when you find things and a depression comes upon you all there, John, what did I say, 11? Hurry up! Hurry up! Should have had a word of knowledge. John 11. Come on, somebody say, say it. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, sister Martha. Mary is the brother of Lazarus. Now lay sick. It goes on to say, basically, that Lazarus is dying and he dies. Jesus then returns, goes to, goes to this place where Lazarus is lying. He's in a tomb three days. Look at verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw Him, she fell at His feet and said, Lord, if You had been here, my brother would not have died. I'm going to tell you, some of your stuff has died and you wonder where God is. He's still here. He knows how to resurrect it. He knows what's going on. Don't you worry. Don't you fret. Don't get all down and upset and depressed over it. He knows what's going on. Why? You're just the clay. He's the potter. Amen? Alright, look at verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who had come along with her, also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? Come and see. They replied, Jesus wept. Shortest verse in all of Scripture. You could beat the devil up with that right there. Jesus wept. It just runs. When the Jews said, see how he loved him. I think he's weeping because they've so little faith and given up. Look at verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved. Now what does that look like? Deeply moved. Came to the tomb. Was a cave with a stone across its entrance. Entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord Martha's sister said, he's a dead man. Blah, blah, blah. Look at verse 40. And Jesus said, do, not, do you not know that if you believe, I would see, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Fascinating. Because he didn't say anything that we know of in the text prior to that. But by that verse, we understand that he has been talking to God. He's been talking to his Father. That you have heard me. Verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. By the way, he was wrapped. He hopped out. He didn't walk out. He hopped. Some of you, God has spoken to you and called you out of a grave and wants to use you to call forth Lazarus out of a grave or to speak to dead bones to live. You've got to say it. You've got to speak it. You know, there's, there's loud voices in heaven. The church is not supposed to... Look, the, the mortuary is quiet. Some like funeral homes. Quiet. Some people like church quiet. I'm going to tell you, our church is not a quiet church. 
You say, why not? Because when you've come out of a grave yourself, you're going to shout, baby. And you need to learn to say things over your life. You need to sink. You need to get in agreement with what God's saying. Ezekiel heard the word of the Lord. Ezekiel then spoke it. God doesn't do anything. Listen to me, and then I'll back it up with Scripture. God does nothing without first telling somebody He's going to do it. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Sovereign Lord does nothing without first revealing it to His servants, the prophets. And I'm going to tell you that if you've got Jesus in you, you hear the voice of the Lord. You, you are His sheep. His sheep know and hear His voice. You need to learn to hear what He's saying and discern. Be able to tell the difference between God's voice, your voice, and the devil's voice and begin to speak God's voice over your school, over your life, over your emotions, over your family, over your church, and begin to see dry bones come together. Begin to see things come together. You want change? You want to see a Lazarus come forth? Some of you have been dead so long that you stink. And God is telling you tonight, come forth! And when people come forth, they need somebody to take the grave clothes off, which is a picture of discipleship. Because if you don't grow in the things of God, then you'll just stay hopping around in grave clothes. Some of you have been saved for years. You're still in your grave clothes. Pointing the finger at everybody, wondering where the power of God is when you didn't submit to authority. You didn't let anybody help you. You, didn't, you, you, know, you just wanted to have it your way. Self will run riot. You ever heard that? God is releasing miracles in this hour. Dead, dead bones are coming together. They will come together. But you must begin to say it. Well, I don't feel like it. It has nothing to do with feelings. Come on, my guest. Appreciate What are you saying over your life? What have you been speaking? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is God going to do? Well, who does God say that you are? We've talked about it so many times before. It's really my life message, identity. If you don't know who you are, then you'll just settle for whatever anybody tells you. You've got to know who you are. You're no loser. God doesn't make junk. Even if you were made in the back of a 57 Chevy and your parents told you it was an accident, you still aren't junk and He still doesn't make mistakes. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. They might not have wanted you, but God sure does. And God made you, has a place for you, has a plan for you, wants to give you a hope and a future. You don't have to lie in a valley of dead man's bones ever again or anymore. But I'm going to tell you, you will not come together. There's a noise. Can you play something you've never played before? I am brutal to work with as a... <laughs> you do such a great job. Amen. Play something you've never played before. Because... Now watch this now. Ezekiel spoke it. I want to look at the whole rest of the text. But what began to happen is bones began to come together. Actually, there was a noise. That's the first thing that happens. A noise. What do you mean? When they were in the upper room, they were all together, gathered in one accord. What does that mean? They were, they were totally in agreement. 
Now let me tell you what they're praying in the upper room. They're not, they're not just saying, you know, Jesus loves me this time. They're not doing that. Because in their minds, you have to understand that in their minds, the moment they get out of that upper room, they're going to get crucified just like Jesus did. That's what's happening. You know, when death is on the line, things are different. I thought I knew how to pray until I saw my firstborn practically dying and the doctors didn't know how to, couldn't fix it. I learned to pray right then. Didn't know before that. Had a burden. Busted in half. Smashed my alabaster box everywhere. When death is on the line, you just don't do one of these. It's your alabaster box. Oh, love you, Lord. No, when death is on the line, you're like, ah, God, you busted hell. Their death was on the line for the upper room people. And when they prayed, they prayed something like, God, you said, you said it'd be better for you to go. It doesn't feel like it right now. Lord, they're going to kill us. Lord, you said it'd be better that you'd send another. Wait, tarry, hang on, hold on. Keep keeping on until the Holy Spirit comes. I don't know what that looks like, God, but I need it. And they stayed in there. 500 people saw Jesus ascend. Only 120. When the day of Pentecost, only 120. God will weed out the mocker and the scoffer. God will weed out those who are impatient. And He'll come and He'll touch the hungry and the thirsty. And you know what's the first thing that happened? A sound. Then there came a sound. When the prophet Elijah was there with Gehazi. I believe it's Gehazi. There had not been rain for three and a half years. He puts his head between his knees and he prays and he sends him out. I think it's seven times. He doesn't say, I see the size, a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's what the servant said. What the prophet said is, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I'm telling you tonight that I hear something in the Spirit. I hear something for you. Now, there's all kinds of obstacles, and we can point the finger and blame and blame shift and make excuses until the cows come home. But I'm going to tell you, I hear something. I hear the sound. Another one. Dead boy, lying. He had a headache in the harvest, and he died. He was a gift from the prophet to the woman who had a, a room for the prophet. The prophet said, by this time next year, you'll have a son. She said, don't even say it. Well, sure enough, she had a son. That son grew up in the harvest with his father. There's a million messages in there. And the kid has a, heart, has a headache and dies. We don't know why he dies, but he dies. And the woman goes to get the prophet. And I love that. I love this verse, that whole text. Ask her, is it well with her? And she says, it is well with my soul. Now, let me see. How is it that it can be well with your soul when you just lost your only child? Because she knew God. And she knew that if God gave her a baby when she couldn't have one before, that He was going to turn it out for a blessing. Even though the devil might have meant it for evil, He was going to turn it for good. And that's how she can say, all is well with my soul. 
the prophet then goes back and they go up to the, to the prophet's room and he, they lay the boy down and the prophet lays on top of the boy and begins to prophesy. And you know what the first thing is? It's a sound. The kid sneezes. There's a sound I hear. I hear the sound of sneezing in the spirit. I hear the sound of, of a rattling. A rattling. I hear bones coming together. But I'm going to tell you, you will be left out and left in the valley of the dead. If you wander away from understanding, you will rest in the congregation of the dead, says Prophet. What are you saying? I'm saying that you better learn to say it, baby. You better learn to say it. Quit waiting for some great revivalist to come and anoint you with oil and become the great revivalist that God is believing for you to be. Quit waiting for somebody to come and give you your miracle when God wants you to press in. Where are the people that will hear a voice and be a voice? Where are they? Where are the folks? I believe they're here. Stand up on your feet. Lift your hands to Jesus. I believe they're here. Can these dry bones live? Speak to the dry bones. Speak to the dry bones. Speak to the dry bones of your life. The dry bones of your life. I speak life and breath. Confusion and death, you must go. We speak life. Listen to me. Depressed people can't shout. They can shout curses, but I mean they can't they can't shout unto God. Now I'm gonna tell you, your victory is born in a shout. Some of you need to begin to say it. I have gone hoarse at times of my life, shouting the truth over my life when the enemy was I just shout louder than he was shouting to me, and all of a sudden it broke. Come on, somebody say, say it. Would you be seated for a moment? Ushers, would you help me please hand, hand out an envelope to everybody. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings. Do something. Come on, name your seed. Some of you learned that for the first time with Brother Ivan Tate. You need to name it. You need to name your seed tonight. Whether you're tithing, you're sowing seed, do something. And believe God that through that seed, God's going to bring forth a great breakthrough. And look, we take tithes and offerings every service anyway. I just did it at the end. Amen. Can these dry bones live? Can these dry bones live? The Lord called me to His service many times. Confirmed it many, many times. Remember... One of the major times. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's the backside of Maui. Ulupalakua, thank you. It's a little church. You know where that is? A little church in Ulupalakua. Just past the general store, right hand side. The congregational church is one of the first churches on the island. My lineage, my, my, my heritage comes from congregationalists on my mother's side back many generations. I went down into that little church, that little stone church in the ocean. I just felt like I needed to go in by myself, so I asked my mom, I, I, think, I think 
think I need to go by myself. I'm saved like, I don't know, a month. I mean, I prayed the sinner's prayer a bunch kind of before that, so, you know, whether I was saved or not. I mean, I was like saved in the church on fire getting discipled about a month. You couldn't, you couldn't, work couldn't have kept me out of the church in a million years. You couldn't have kept me out, you couldn't have kept me out of church. I was every service. I mean, I was at every one. Even when I went through back, went back to college and got nearly straight A's. You know what I got an F in? <laughs> Preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Biblical preaching, I failed. I got a D or something. I walk into this church and the power of God comes on me. Ushers, would you come? The power of God comes on me and I'm I'm crying and the Lord the Lord says, You will preach my word. You will serve me full time. And I cried because in my mind. I was such a loser. And to me, people that preached the Word were, were like tremendous. I mean, I had such an esteem for pastors and stuff. He said, I'm going to preach. I thought, you have, you have made it. I know you don't make mistakes, but you blew it on this one. Because there ain't no way you can take this dirt bag and turn me into somebody that can do your will. I didn't, I didn't have a faith grid for that. That was way off the grid. But if you saw me, it'd have been off your grid too. Messed up, filled with demons. Yeah, bondage, deep bondage. I began that that word just kept coming at me. You will preach, and I was sitting there on my knees, power of God, and I just said it. I whispered it. I whispered it at first. I thought. Boy, the fire increased like double. I thought, I felt good. So I said again, I said, I will preach. And then it was like my spirit. Yes! Everything within me started to shake. I even heard a sound. You know what the sound was? It was the sound of warfare over my head. I heard like, I heard shields clanking and swords flying and stuff. I can't even describe to you what I heard going on in the heavenly. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So I said it again. Come on, somebody say, say it. So I said it over my life again. I will preach. And then I just got, man, I got like fight. You know, I knew how to fight. So I felt that. I stood up and I said, I will preach your word. And my mother came in and went, Amen. I learned to say it. I learned to speak of what is God going to do for you, folks? Begin to say it. What's He going to do? What's He going to do? I don't know. Well, then welcome to I don't know land. Get, get a vision from God. Begin to move forward. You don't have to You don't have to be washed to and fro. Look, I don't care. Some of you guys know people saved like 30, 40 years, right? And they're like, I don't want to be like that. Well, you don't have to be. If you're in here and you're getting offended, just get healed. If you're not on fire, don't paint him somebody else. Lord God, bless the tithes and the offerings, multiplied many times over, and 
and we just name a seed that this seed will bring a shaking, will bring a turning. Multiplied. Banks our houses that we didn't build, vineyards that we didn't plant. The blessing of heaven be upon your people as they give, as they sow. In Jesus' name, let your go right ahead. It's a new hour. It's a new day. There's a noise that God wants to release. Now, now get a hold of this. For years I've tried to teach this, but, you know, maybe I'm just not a good teacher. And then I feel like the Lord's even telling me, no, no, it's not that. It's the work of my spirit. So, okay. I'm, I'm, we're talking. Sorry. I have been in services where the piano stops and the people are so gone with God that they continue to lift their voice and worship and shout and holler and cry and weep and run and dance. I've seen people go upstairs, up and down. You won't find that in Scripture, but I'm just telling you, I know what it is to be on fire. I'm on fire. I'm, 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 feel, I'm, feel, I'm feel, My hands are on fire right now. Okay? How'd that happen? We should... We, 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 we go after God. I mean, you know, sometimes more than at others. We keep our heart. Look, I know this is going to be freaky to some of you. Some of you have like no holiness factor. And you wonder why you don't experience God and the fact, the fact is that you're walking far from Him. Can I tell you what God rebuked us over? Bonanza. Can you believe it? I got rebuked for wanting Bonanza. Why? Because there we are with our kids. Everybody, somebody gets killed at some point and there's a whole bunch of drinking going on and Hannah says to me, Dad, Mom, I can't watch that anymore. I thought... Well, why not? Because when I go to sleep and I think about the people getting killed and the alcohol, I'm going, oh my God, help me. Bonanza! You know, Hobbes, all that, right? I'm not trying to say I'm more holy than you. All I'm trying to say is if you want to have a breakthrough, it ain't going to happen on your, on your time card. It happens by going after God, listening to Him, and saying what He wants. What does God want to do? You begin to say it. God is bringing my household into a great revival. He's bringing our church into a great revival. And you've got to learn to lift your voice. I'm preaching better than your amen. Come on. Come on, give me an amen. Stand up on your feet. Come on, stand up. No piano. Begin to give a hand clap to God. Come on, lift your voice. Come on. Come on, shout to God. Come on, shout to God. Come on. Come on. Some of you are going to get a breakthrough right now. Come on, say it. Say it. Jesus.
Some of you youth ought to be out shouting us. Come on. Come on. Hey. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on. Yell. Shout. Get to victory tonight. Ah! Jesus. Jesus. If you just got a million dollars, you'd keep shouting, wouldn't you? Come on. Come on. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Now, I'm pushing that. I'm pushing that by the Spirit, that, but that's not, that, that's not something that the Spirit just whipped up. That's something that the preacher just made you do. I'm not talking about that. Although that can move you over. That can move you over into breakthrough. You need to learn to shout. You want to know how to really worship? And that's the last thing you want to do. You know, you know what worship is when, when, you don't, when you don't have enough money to pay your bills and you obey in the tithe anyway. You never see a miracle unless you... Come on, you, you come against your emotions. You begin to go after God. You just worship Him whether you feel like it or not. That's called a sacrifice of praise. If you never learn that, you will drop out of the race shortly. Every head bowed, every eye closed. People standing on their heads. Just kidding. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You're here tonight. I'm telling you the Lord has brought you here for, for the main purpose. For the main purpose of getting you saved. For the main purpose of having your sins be forgiven tonight. The main purpose is to hear this, that He loves you. He has a plan for you. But you are separated from that plan because of your sin. But God reached across the muck and the miry clay, reached across the gulf, and like a stick was snatched out of the fire, wants to snatch you out of your fire tonight. You know you need help. You have tried to do it on your own. The Bible says in the book of Acts, says all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, you're not good enough to make it to heaven. The only way to make it to heaven and have life abundant like the real life, I mean life full of joy, hope, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, no depression, no fits of rage, no anger, not alcoholism, not addiction, not affliction, none of that stuff. God doesn't have that for you. He has blessings for you. But you've got to break agreement with what the devil's been saying over you. You are not a loser. You're a winner. You're a winner. Yeah, you might not feel like it, but feelings have nothing to do with it. They're indications, perhaps, of the lie that you have been believing. Because once you begin to believe what this says, you will stand in a, in a God-given authority and a power and an anointing and a joy that cannot be taken by the world, cannot be taken by anything, or given by anything the world has. So you're here, whether you're under the sound of my voice, by, by video, on webcast, on TV, on CD, DVD listening to my voice in stereo or here in the congregation, if that's you, 
Serious about getting your life right with God. Serious about breaking every tie. Serious about breaking the covenants that you had with the enemy and beginning to agree with God and His plan. And if that's you, you're serious about it, want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment or anything in between, on the count of three, run to the front and don't think about it. One, don't wait. Two, three, do it right now. Come to the front. Come on, come right here, right here. Come on. Come on. You ought to put your hands together. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come. You're serious. Going to break it. Going to break it tonight. Cut all ties with the devil. There's at least one or two more people. That's you. Come now. We'll wait for you. There's at least one more person. We're waiting. You need to come. This might be the last service you're ever in. Right on. There's more. We'll wait. You're serious. Recommitment. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Wherever you fit in there. I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm talking about cutting all ties with the devil and saying, yeah, I'm all the way in. I'm all the way in. I'm not going to speak devil talk anymore. I'm going all the way. I'm breaking every tie. I'm breaking every all allegiance with the enemy. I'm going to live 100% for God. That's you. Come now. Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Come on. Come on. Somebody else. Come. Activate the evangelist within you. Look to the person to the right or the left of you and ask them, if you die tonight, are you going to see Jesus? If they're already going to, they'll just say, Haha, yes, and it'll be exciting. If not, then say, I'll go with you. If they hesitate, then they don't know. Come on, somebody ask somebody. Right now. Hey. Right on, Michael. Today is a day. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day. Do you leave your past behind? Leave your past behind. Today is a day. Today is a day. Today is a day when you cut all ties with the enemy. Today is a day. It's a day of freedom, a day of liberty, a day of joy. All right, so has everybody been asked here? Today is a day. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you. Okay, I'm going to really mix it up. Go ask somebody else you didn't ask. Because I'm waiting. There's at least two more people. Go ask somebody else that you didn't ask. Are you, if you die tonight, are you going to heaven? 
Have you received Jesus? Go ahead. Ask somebody else. Getting people saved is really that easy out in the marketplace. You just have to do that. What if they don't like you? They don't like you anyway. Don't worry about it. I don't mean here, but you know. If you die tonight, are you going to see Him? Are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to meet Him? Are you saved? I know that we can pressure people to coming up, but I've seen people pressured a little bit into coming up. And then they really do get the, they really get Jesus. So I, that's all right with me. All right, what are we doing? Here's what we're going to do. Are you ready? All eyes on me. Everybody look at Pastor. You ready? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to confess our sin to Him. We're going to ask Him to forgive us for everything we've ever done wrong. He said, I've already done that before. Do it again. Put it all under the blood tonight. Start afresh tonight. His mercies are new every morning, and it's morning somewhere. Hallelujah. Are you ready? All right, let's just do that. So just write out loud yourself. Ask God to forgive you. Out loud. Hey, some of you need to get specific. And if you need to step out of somebody's earshot so you can say it, you need to say it. Come on, some of you. Listen to me, I give a warning to at least, it's one person specifically. And here is a warning. No piano, please. Here's a warning. Listen. Oh. You have fought me, and you have fought me. You have resisted, and you have resisted. And you are very close to being turned over to the very thing that you've been going after. And there will come a turning over to you. And then it will be years before you'll even come back in a church. Don't fight me, says the Lord. Don't resist me, says God. Listen, some of you don't understand what's happening. I don't do this every service. I'm telling you, some of you have been playing church and you're close to being turned over to Satan for the destruction of your flesh. Intercessors, pray please. Somebody's life hanging in the balance. If that's you... And you're serious. You're like, man, I, I hope that's not me. I don't want that to be. You better get up front right now and just get right with God. You can't keep watching the stuff you're watching, doing the stuff you're doing, and call yourself a Christian. You can't play church. There comes a time when judgment then comes upon you. I'm warning you now. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come to the front if that's you. Your heart's pounding in your chest. I can't make that happen. That's the Holy Spirit. If that's you, come. I'll count down from five and then we're moving on and you're all up to Jesus. I hope you go for him. Five. Four. Three. 
Praise God. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Praise God. Two. Put your hands together for God, won't you? All right, all across this place, pray this right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. I'm not playing this time. I'm serious. I'm coming to you the best way I know how. Save me now. And give me the life that you have intended for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Lift your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I break every tie. I break every chain. I break every lie. I break generational iniquity and sin off of Your people tonight. In the name of Jesus, devil, go! Right now, in Jesus' name. Depression, loose your hold. Anxiety, go. Addiction, go. Alcoholism, go. In the name of Jesus. Lust, go. Greed, go. Confusion. Sexual confusion. Every kind of confusion. Mental disease. That emotional roller coaster. Straighten it out. In the name of Jesus, be. Free! Be filled now. Be filled with His Spirit. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. Some of you, that's the trouble. You didn't get filled with the fire. Hard to resist the devil if you don't get filled with fire. Don't fill with the power. Come on, some of you Holy Ghost people, come around and come on, just lay hands on them. Come on. Come on, Trent, Broom, your whole family. Come on. Y'all filled with the Holy Ghost. Come right now. Come, 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 come. Just right behind them. Just lay hands on these right now. Come on. Come on, Carol. Come on. If you're filled with the Spirit, you are qualified to come. Come on, George. Lay hands on some of these folks. Every bondage go. Freedom! Some of you are getting filled with the Spirit right now. Just let Him fill you. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Those of you that might have never prayed in the Spirit, you'll begin to hear like sounds and syllables. You just let them out. It doesn't have to sound like anybody. Let Him fill you now. Kimberly, lift your hands to the Lord. Kimberly, lift your hands. You're holding on to my wife. Go ahead, lift your hands. Karen, lay hands on her head. The grief is going. 
and God's going to fill you right now. Jesus' name. You're a winner. I break word curses off of you now in the name of Jesus. Begin to participate with the Spirit. Come on. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Sound syllables, not English. Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's it. That's it. That's it. Jesus. Jesus. If you have unforgiveness, it'll be a blockage to you. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, you'll be stuck right there. You've got to forgive. You've got to let go of what your dad did, what your mom did. That's what Jesus died for that thing too. Hallelujah. Be filled. Be filled. Jesus' name. That's it. As deep goes unto deep. As deep calls unto deep. More. More! More, God! More! Hey! Do not worry, little ones. I've overcome the world, says God. Now let me just say this before I close. If that word was for you and you were online or perhaps you're here and you did not respond, I'm telling you, the greatest evangelist there is is Satan. He comes on your life and begins to pastor you. You will really want God. And the warning I just gave was for somebody who's been playing. Of course, I don't know who that is, but God does. And if your heart convicted you and you did not respond... If you continue in the way that you're going, you will find all of a sudden a hatred for church. You will not want to go. You will not want to be around the things of the Lord. And then your life will go dark and you might not survive it. So just in case that wasn't clear, there comes a time when grace is over and you've crossed over and then you go to judgment. So if you plan, I suggest you stop before you die. How is that? Is that clear? Is that clear enough? Pretty clear, right? All right. We don't want that for anybody. We want you to have all that God has. But there is a very real thing of judgment that comes on somebody. Romans 1 talks all about it. He'll give you over to the very thing that you've been playing with. And we don't want that to happen to anybody. I'm telling you, God loves you. He's the God of the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth chance. Unlimited chances until it's not unlimited, until it's over. And there is a moment you say, well, once saved, always saved. I know you're going to go there. You can turn your back on the Lord. If we continue, encourage one another daily while it's still called today. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart and turns away from the living God. 
All right. Take someone by the hand. We're done for tonight. I hope that you guys got encouraged. I know many of you I see in touch. Come on. It's a new day. Everybody say it's a new day. Come on. Say it. Say it's a new day. It's a new day. No more sickness. No more bondage. No more addiction. No more affliction. Woo! I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Come on. Somebody say I'm free. Hallelujah. You begin to speak to the dead things in your life what the Word of God says and watch it change. Don't live by your emotions anymore. Amen? Father, thank You for what You've done. Thank You for what You're going to do. Thank You for what You're doing. You're great. Bless Your people. Fill them with the fire of the Holy Spirit to go into all the world. All of Wasilla, Palmer, Anchorage, Houston, Big Lake. Lord, for You to use us to bring many to the knowledge of Jesus and not just say healed, whole, and delivered. Pack this place out on Sunday, I pray. Pack this place out on Sunday, Lord, and cause many, many, many to come to You. In Jesus' name, we thank and praise You for it. Amen. God bless you all. See you Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, happy